Every day and twice on Wednesdays is a nice little catchphrase when priests ask me how frequently we offer confessions at St. Thomas More. Every day and twice on Wednesdays. It's a topic of conversation among priests more than you would think. Everyone's always looking for ideas for their parish. Um, and so when I was at the Sikh conference and had a bunch of other priests, that was a question that came up fr frequently. Uh, how often do you offer confessions? When do you have confessions? And go around the circle. Happens in the diocese too when we get together. What's your mass schedule like? How often do you hear confessions? Every day and twice on Wednesdays. I hear a lot of confessions. Have for a long time. Uh, more than I could possibly count, even if I were trying to keep track. And so it's one of my jobs to listen to people's sins. It's one of my jobs to hear about the darkest moments in people's lives. It's my job every day and twice on Wednesdays at least to watch people repent. Sometimes people will ask, isn't it difficult to listen to people's sins? To hear and take in all of that darkness. But repentance, what happens in the confessional, is about light. What's difficult, what weighs on my heart, what drags me down, is what happens at Schatz Inc. downtown. Not what happens in the confessional. Sin drags me down, for sure. Watching other people stuck in darkness, that's difficult. But the light brings joy and new life. And that's what happens in the sacrament of reconciliation. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I never tire of reminding people what that word repent means. Metanoia, it means to have a change of mind, to look at things in a different way. And that's what happens when someone comes to confession. They have looked at their life, at their actions in a new way. They are in effect saying to the Lord through his minister, at the moment I thought this, was a good idea. I thought this was a good thing. I thought it would be a good idea to tell this lie. I thought it would be a good idea to take that thing. At that moment, I thought it would be a good idea to have one more drink. At that time, I thought it was a good idea to go just a little bit further. But now, I've had a change of mindset. Now I look at that differently. I repent of that. I acknowledge it was a bad thing. I acknowledge it was a sin. And I desire forgiveness. I don't meet bad people in the confessional. I, might, I meet people who have done very bad things. But I don't know if I've ever met a bad person. It turns out, good people 
sometimes do very bad things. I was told before I was ordained that within the first six months of hearing confessions, I would hear just about every sin, if not every sin. And I'd say that was about right. Not every variation, of course, but even those that are unspeakable, even those you can't imagine, the darkness is real. And good people sometimes do very bad things. The proof to me that they're good people is that I've met them in the confessional, that they also have realized this is not good. This is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to do. They repent. C.S. Lewis says, we should not imagine that our own unaided efforts could carry us through even 24 hours as decent people. Without his support, without the Lord's grace, not one of us is safe from some gross sin. On the other hand, he goes on, there is no possible degree of holiness or heroism that's ever been recorded in the greatest of saints that is beyond what he intends to produce in each one of us. The reality of sin, the darkness of the world, reminds us that good people are capable of doing very bad things. The good news of the gospel reminds us that hidden in that darkness is goodness, is the possibility for change and transformation and freedom. Thus the prophecy that the people who sit in darkness will see a great light. And on those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death and sin and vice, light will arise. We have to be willing to repent, though. We have to be willing to have a change in mindset. And there's all sorts of reasons that we are reluctant to do so, to our own peril, mostly due to fear. I spent a few months as a hospital chaplain before I was a priest, as part of an internship and education program, so it was a supervised chaplaincy thing. They were teaching us how to care for the sick, and the dying, and their family and friends in all sorts of different circumstances. I was very free to make mistakes, because then I would learn. I was very free to ask questions. It was a supervised internship. And so there arose, during that internship, a situation which disturbed me a little bit, shook my peace. I didn't understand our response to the situation. And it had to do with the end of life. It had to do with brain death. It had to do with organ donation. And I was simply confused by the way that things progressed in front of me. And so I asked one of my supervisors, 
to help me understand, because I am not a doctor, nor do I even play one on TV. My knowledge is extraordinarily limited. And so in this educational setting, where I was being trained to deal with different pastoral situations, I found myself confused. And so I asked about how we approach the morality of this particular case involving brain death and subsequent organ donation, possible organ donation. And so I started asking questions about brain death of my supervisor. And all of a sudden, the vice president of the hospital comes looking for me. Things have escalated. And he said, young man, we don't ask those kind of questions around here. And I about fell off my chair. I said, well, you know, Dr. So-and-so had said, we also don't mention his name around here. He said, we don't go down that path and ask those kind of questions. And I was confused in this educational program where I was meant to be learning, where I had come up against a roadblock in my own knowledge and so asked questions. And the message I received was, if we were wrong about this, if we've been doing this wrong, then we're monsters. So we don't ask those kind of questions because we're good people. That still terrifies me. Because the vice president was right. There are good people trying to help people. And yet, I knew already then that sometimes good people do very bad things. But that was the end of the dialogue. I was permitted no more questions. I was told very specifically, we don't mention that, we don't talk about him, this is the end. And that case was taken away from me, not to my surprise. There was a refusal there to seek the truth. There was a refusal to consider that maybe we've done something wrong. Perhaps we were mistaken. And boy, when it comes to the issues of life and death, every doctor knows, every nurse knows, that when mistakes are made with life and death, it's a true tragedy. Sometimes good people do bad things. But we have to be willing to allow the light in. We have to allow for the possibility that we might be wrong. This is a lesson we don't just have to teach teenagers. Perhaps you don't know everything. 
is a line many parents have said to many of a teenager, but in fact, all of us have to learn that. This is the idea of repentance. You might be wrong. Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to change? And sometimes we're not because we fear the gravity of our sin. We do this in all sorts of ways. When we encounter something in our lives that we think maybe isn't so good after all, we'll shut down the process of letting in the light. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to consider that it could possibly be wrong. Because if I was wrong and I did that, then I'm a monster. But I have never once met a monster in the confessional. Never once. But every day and twice on Wednesdays, I meet good people who have done bad things. Sometimes even terrible things. But that encounter is a cause for joy. Because for a people who were in darkness, they have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. For so many years, this particular weekend, the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, has also shut people down. has also led people to dig their heels in and say, let's just not talk about that. We're good people. And sometimes good people do bad things. The issues of life, be it at the end of life or at the beginning of life, or when life becomes very difficult, when we speak about brain death and organ donation, when we speak about abortion, when we speak about assisted suicide or euthanasia, the stakes are so high. We have to be willing to let the light shine in. We have to come to a point where we are not afraid of confronting the truth, of seeking the truth. So that those who sit in darkness might see a great light. Jesus preaches today, repent, change your minds, allow yourself to see things differently. Acknowledge that you might not have it all figured out. So many of us need to hear that in so many ways. And instead, we tend to shut down. And one side says to the other, we're not even talking about that. We're not even going down that road because I'm afraid of where that will lead. Because if I'm wrong about this, 
then I'm a monster. Sometimes good people do bad things. It doesn't make them evil people. Sometimes good people are wrong about things. That doesn't mean they're bad people. And so we must get over this idea that if you and I disagree, that means you are a terrible person. <laughs> because one of us must be terrible, <laughs> and it's not going to be me. So it must be you. This, without saying it, is how we go about discussing some of the most important things in the world. And it's a little bit insane. And it's born out of fear. To let the light shine in the darkness is to cast out that fear. Because whatever it is in our life that we've discovered we were wrong about, Whatever it is in our life that we've had a change of mind about, that we see things differently and that we don't like, there is mercy and forgiveness. Because God does not create monsters. God creates good people who sometimes do bad things. As you hear Jesus' words preached to you today, hear them not as a threat of condemnation or as something that induces fear, but as a prophecy of good news. For the Lord wants light to shine in the dark places of each one of our lives, in the dark places of our hearts. He wishes to expose where we are wrong or have done wrong, not to shame us, condemn us, or ridicule us, but to lead us to new life, to set us free. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light when they encounter the Lord. And on those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light will rise. Do not be afraid to confront the darkness. For the light of Christ is more powerful than the darkest night. Do not be afraid to have a change of mind and a change of heart. To repent. For it is good news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand.